Hey, Geektitude listeners. I love gaming just as much as Joe loves gaming, and we love to talk about World of Warcraft and talk with people about it. So listen to Frazzlecast, a weekly podcast where we talk with people from around Azeroth and beyond. Find us at gnomepodcast.com or in your favorite podcast players. Just for spelling the name, it's F-R-A-Z-L-C-A-S-T. I should have thought better for naming that. Hello, my name is Joe Hogan. Many of you know me as Epic Grays in various video games and social media. Welcome to episode 161 of Geektitude, a geek culture podcast that celebrates the inner geek in all of us. We are still Rayless today. Um, he is still busy being a grad student and, uh, and recruiting the minds of the future. Uh, but we are joined today by a very special guest, uh, Tosh Mufuni from... The Half Hill Report. How you doing today, Tosh? I'm doing good, Joe. How are you doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. We we live in similar climates, so we have nice nice weather today. Yes, middle of deserts. Yes. Yes. <laughs> there, there are trade-offs. Um, we we met this last weekend at BlizzCon. Yes, we did. Um, and we are going to be talking today about uh, audio entertainment, of which everybody who's listening to this is taking part in. <laughs> well, I certainly hope so. Yes. <laughs> uh, but before we get into our main topic for the day, uh, you are new to my listeners, so we like to do a little bit of a guest interview. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, as I like to start a lot of my th- my things, uh, Tosh Mafuni here from the Half Hill Report. Um, I am a... Uh, uh, I live in Arizona, a uh, 57-year-old business person, uh, father of two wonderful, wonderful adult children, one who lives in uh, Denver and is a en- very successful engineer, and one who lives in up in uh, Phoenix, uh, not far from where I live, uh, who is a fraud investigator and uh, for, a, for a major bank, uh, and a grandfather of one. Uh, who is uh, b- about to turn two. Um, and uh, we met through the, uh, you know, through the Warcraft community, you and I, uh, mutual mm-hmm. friends uh, from Girls Gone Wild, EJ and Raven. And uh, been my co-creator and I, uh, Professor Talib, uh, we have for the past, uh, coming on two years now, have created a little show called The Half Hill Report, which is a, fictional radio broadcast from the village of Half Hill in the beautiful Valley of the Four Winds in Pandaria. And it's essentially a college radio station uh, broadcast, brief broadcast that's news uh, for and about the village of Half Hill and uh, all of Azeroth. And we bill it as a small town view of a very large world. It's sort of prairie home companion-ish is the way we like to describe it. Uh, nerd of long standing, and uh, I, I prefer the word. I know this is geekitude. I kind of prefer the word nerd. 
Um, and we're going to, you know, looking at the show notes, we're going to talk about my geekitude and my nerdiness. Yes. Which, which brings us to what, what I know you are a Warcraft player. Yes. Uh, how long, how long have you been playing Warcraft? Uh, coming on 10 years. Okay, so you're a Wrath baby? Or a- um, no, actually, uh, I guess it's closer to nine. I'm really a mop baby. I came in okay. very tail end, which is, of course, why my main is a Pandaren uh, and why um, why we base the show in Pandaria because we mutually love it so much. Uh, Very cool. Um, what, what other areas of, of nerdiness do you participate in? <laughs> so... I'm the the best way to describe my geekitude, my nerdiness is I'm a bit of a dilettante. Um, uh, my it's you know it's a mile wide and an inch deep. There's uh, mm-hmm. so many things in the nerd geek community, um, genre fictions of all type, um, particularly sci-fi, fantasy. Uh, also, a number of years ago. Uh, through, uh, and I'll talk about this more, um, through my involvement in uh, virtual space, um, I got hooked up with the steampunk community. So uh, big into uh, steampunk science fiction, Gail Carriger, um, and uh, th- those types of authors. Um, you already mentioned Warcraft. Uh, that right now, because of my job, which is very demanding, you know, 55 60 hour a week kind of job. Um, uh, pretty much all of my time is consumed with work, sleep, eat Warcraft. I mean, kind of in that order, um, movies, um, especially classic Hollywood. My sweet spot, uh, is, my sweet spot is like about 1938, just pre-war 1939 okay. to about 19, 1947, 1948. I mean, that's kind of where my, real love of film is uh so classic hollywood is is sort of my um my jam uh music the more fringe the better the more fringe kind of obscure um bands like abney park uh gogol bordello the wagaki band heilung cats and jammer um, yeah, I don't know if you or any of your listeners have ever heard of any of those. I've heard of one of those. <laughs> which one, which one have you heard of? Uh, Gogor Badello. Oh, wonderful. Wonderful. Um, the, 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 who, uh, is a Mongolian band. Uh, they come out of Mongolia. They, they, um, combine both modern and traditional instruments. Uh, the Wagaki band is similar. They're out of Japan. Um, Heilung, who I just recently discovered, um, it's European and Norse Iron Age music. Oh wow! <laughs> uh, it's it, it's very theatrical. I don't even know how to adequately describe it. Um, but I also like really like uh, you know traditional songbook kind of stuff. I really love Michael Feinstein, um, Lorena McKennett, um, uh, Caro Emerald. Uh, so it, music tastes sort of all over the place, but more on the fringe, more on the borders. Um, I love that kind of stuff. I love I love finding stuff that is um, a, con- a a mix of cultural music and um, pop or rock or you know when they when they take the the cultural music and they kind of um, combine it with something that's more contemporary. Love oh it. yeah, oh yeah, and I will follow. Uh, you know, sometimes I discover them on YouTube. Sometimes I discover them, you know, 
various ways. Uh, but I end up going down these rabbit holes and tracing, okay, what's the origin of this? What's the origin of this? Mm-hmm. What, you know, uh, who were their influencers? And a lot of times I end up in really primitive places like Heilung. <laughs> um, uh, I was also, uh, and I haven't done this for a couple of years, mostly because Warcraft and other things. Um, I was a pretty active digital artist, uh, 3D, 3D rendering uh, using a program called Daz and, and Blender. Uh, that came out of my involvement as a content creator in virtual worlds, which is how I got introduced to Warcraft. So nice. That's awesome. So like I said, mile wide inch deep. Yes. <laughs> no, I, I hear you. That's kind of, that's kind of what we specialize in. <laughs> um, do you have any areas that you haven't uh, dug into at all? Oof, you know, comic books. Uh, okay. When, when I was a kid, uh, I really, really enjoyed comic books, uh, and I still enjoy them. I mean, I have a couple of, like, I, I've got Dark Horse Comics and a couple other things downloaded on, on my iPhone and my iPad, um, but it's it's time, right? Uh, yeah. And which is one of the big things I'm going to talk about in our main topic of, of Audible Entertainment. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, uh, but that's probably the area where, uh, you know, among kind of the geek fandom nerd community, uh, that's probably the area that I, I, I'm not even an inch deep. I'm, I'm nowhere on that right now, at least current. Yeah. We, we often talk about, there's only so much time in the day and you get to things, especially things that have large catalogs, like, um, uh, for, for, uh, both, uh, my co-host and I, we tend to talk about doctor who and supernatural, they're just so widespread and so so much stuff. Like you, it would take hours and hours and hours and hours and months to get through, you know, that to catch up. <laughs> it's like that's just it's just never going to be my thing. There's you know, and and I heard you talking about one one of your recent shows. Um, oh my gosh, what was her name? Katie. Katie. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, you guys were talking about uh, she. I think it was her that was very excited about, or very you know that the the, the final season of Supernatural is coming. Um, I have seen. I've seen. I saw maybe like the first three or four episodes, and I came to it late. And here's the only reason that I even was exposed to Supernatural because one of the stars played Rory's boyfriend on Gilmore Girls. Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> I was like, "Oh, this is interesting." He's kind of a I, like. I'll go. Why I didn't know he was in this show. I'll go watch this, um, and I enjoyed it. I just never stuck with it. So right. now here we are. You know, here it is. You know, fifteenth and final season. But you're right. That's like you look at that hill and you go, "Oh, no way can I ever catch up." Yeah, it's just too much. It, it's, um, Arrow and that whole universe is getting to be like that for me, too, where I'm like, I'm just going to give up on this. It's never going to happen. Could they do a level squish? Is there a way they could do that? Seriously. <laughs> could they do a level squish? I'm, I'm <laughs> t- totally unrelated, but since you brought up level squish, I, I just joined a new guild, and I, I they're on a server that I have not been on before. Uh-huh. And um, and so I'm very quickly trying to level through. I, I finally rolled a monk because I figured that I'd be able to level that the, the easiest and, and have all roles covered. But, um, but I just keep thinking, oh, my God, why can't we have the level squish now? <laughs> Like just make it happen. <laughs> I'm not going to roll a new tune uh, 
Well, that's not true because we're getting close on the, and I know this is not a Warcraft show, but we're getting close on the Volpera. Mm-hmm. Um, we've almost got uh, the reputation with Volt and I, but I don't think I'm going to roll another new tune until Shadowlands uh, releases and we've got the level squish because I, I just don't know that I can climb that hill again. I just did it one or uh, uh, 10 or where did the allied races start? 10 or 20. I think they started 20. 20. Yeah. yeah, I just did the twenty to one twenty with my Colteran, uh, my Colteran Druid, which is where I discovered my love of Druid and healing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just did that climb, and I'm like, ah, oh, I just don't think I can do it again. Yeah, it's it's rough, especially when <laughs> when you realize that you hit sixty and you're supposed to be halfway through, but you're you're not, you're not halfway through. <laughs> no, <laughs> no because it gets steeper. Through. Yes, <laughs> it gets steeper. And you know what? That's true of the uh, you know getting back on the topic. So shows with these deep deep catalogs or comic books with these deep deep catalogs. It's not that the it's not just the volume. Uh, it's the depth. Yeah, uh, and you you know they're you know while supernatural is still kind of episodic monster of the week, right? Right. Um, but it it does have an overall story arc, and if you're not down with that story arc, you're you're not getting the full experience. No, not at you all. Know, you're not getting the full experience. Um. So in your in your nerd catalog, is there something that you no, a lot of people don't partake in, but you're like, okay, everybody needs to like dip their feet into this area. Okay. This is okay. Talking about obscure music. Uh, this is a genre of music that it's, it's a little, it's a little bit dated, but still a ton of fun and hysterical. And for listeners to the show, members of the nerd community, there's something called Nerdcore. Uh, are you familiar with this? I am familiar with this. You know Nerdcore, so you know MC Frontalot, Schaefer the Dark Lord, um, MC Hawking, which is exactly I, I what know, it sounds like. I know MC Hawking. I don't know the other two. I, I know. I know very little. Like I, I, I have, I have heard. I know that the genre exists, and I have been to a couple conventions where somebody has played. Um, you know, has been uh, Nerdcore and, and played. But, um, yeah. <laughs> so, so for those, for those who might not understand what we're talking about, first of all, go onto YouTube, go on to whatever, uh, and, and look up Nerdcore, listen to MC front a lot. Uh, and you know, the ones we mentioned, uh, Schaefer, the dark Lord, who is one I find what it is. It's, 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 I guess you would call it hip hop, uh, or, or nerd rap is mm-hmm. what it is. And it is so it has such a sense of fun and joy about it. Um, and it's really funny and it's very tongue in cheek. As a matter of fact, one of them, uh, MC Lars, if I'm not great, or is it MC Chris? One of those two, if I'm not greatly mistaken, um, uh, does one of the voices on Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Oh, nice. Uh, if you've never seen that, go watch it. Hysterical. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, you know, very sophomoric, uh, very scatological in a lot of in a lot of ways, but still hysterical. So, the nerdcore, uh, and then there's another uh, there's another one called chap hop, uh, which is sort of 
steampunk hip hop. Okay. Uh, um, and uh, uh, two sort of major guys in that genre, um, uh, Professor, Enle- uh, Professor Elemental, uh, who really leans hard into the whole steampunk thing. Uh, and, oh, goodness gracious, I knew I was going to forget the other one. Um, but they are, if you if you enjoy a sense of fun, uh, a sense of uh, just very tongue-in-cheek, very aimed at the nerd geek community, go check out Nerdcore and Chap Hop. Uh, again, probably a little dated at this point, uh, but still very funny and worth a discovery. That's awesome. Very cool. Um, I know we, we have said, because you are you are one half of the team for the Half Hill Report. So yes. we said we were not going to go into depth about the Half Hill Report <laughs> yes. today. But do you have anything big um, either with that or separate to that that you are currently working on right now? So thank you, yes, for mentioning. I am, while I am the voice of the show, I am only half of the show. Professor Talib, who I've already mentioned, uh, huge influencer on the show, my co-writer, um, and uh, we co-write all the scripts. Um, as a matter of fact, for people that are people that listen to the show, the character of Rizak, uh, Rizak the Goblin, um, that is entirely her creation. She she writes that entire character, and I just bring it uh, bring the voice to it. So Half Hill Report would not exist without Professor Talib. Is there anything we're special we're working on? Well, we were talking about the show next Saturday. Uh, we are having a very, very special 100th episode. I don't want to tell people too much about it, but it's either going to be amazing or, uh, or an amazing fire. Um, <laughs> but it, it, it's going to be a real different experiment, something very, very different on the show, which is going to be three weeks in a row where we've done something very different. Um, and I promise if you listen to the show and you're a fan of the show, we're going to get back to our regular format but with BlizzCon and the 100th episode, we we wanted to do some some special things. So that's the big thing we've been working on since we got back from BlizzCon. Is this um, is the, and it, there's going to be a lot of for people that listen to the Warcraft uh, community podcast. There's going to be some I can say there's going to be some fam- familiar voices on there. Well, congratulations on 100 episodes. That's that's awesome. Thank you. We would have never guessed in a million years when we started this little project and. Uh, and again, we're not going to go into depth, but, you know, we never would have guessed in a million years that we would have been a hundred episodes in. That's awesome. Well, very cool. Well, thank you for sharing, um, your, yourself with us and, and letting us get to know you a little bit better. Uh, we're, we're going to move on to our weekly geekery. Um, so last night was a very sad night for me because, um, as, as my listeners know, uh, my in-laws live right around the corner and we had this habit when they would, um, when they didn't live with us and they would visit no matter what we watched, it was like the worst, most inappropriate episode to watch with your parents kind of thing. (laughs) So we have, we have settled on a genre that all four of us can, my husband and, and his parents can watch and not feel awkward or or concerned and that is uh british crime dramas oh i was my guess was going to be way off oh what was your guess 
<laughs> uh, Hallmark Christmas movies. Oh, but, God. You know. <laughs> oh, no, don't. I love those. Oh, do you? Oh, no. Oh, I my can't. God, no. I can't. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just a little bit. It's a little bit too much for me. Hallmark is one area where I do that. Like, we, we accept all fandoms here. We just do not necessarily partake in all of them. <laughs> um, but we uh, we just finished like what I think is going to end up being one of our absolute favorite series, and that's Scott and Bailey. It's a very cool uh, two women cops, um, really good mysteries. But it's also about them and about them being women in a male profession, and uh, you know. So we we saw the last two episodes last night, and we were just like, oh, <laughs> we have no more Scott and Bailey. So. We've got to find a new a new British crime drama to to watch with with all of us. Um, so so listeners, if you have suggestions, please send them our way because we're we're running out. Um, so that was the big thing. Other than something that both of us had this week, which was BlizzCon. Yes. Um, was this your first BlizzCon? This was my first BlizzCon. First BlizzCon in person. Uh, this will be we had virtual tickets the previous three years. Yes, we. I, I I'm a big fan of the virtual ticket. Um, I I don't think I've gone to school on a BlizzCon Friday <laughs> in years um, since they've released the BlizzCon ticket because I'm like, nope, I'm playing the game and watching this on my second screen. But uh, this was my second, and I I've said to um, on on. Girls Gone Wow, which if, if you want to hear about our extended adventures, both of us appeared on the last few episodes of, of Girls Gone Wow, so you can hear a lot of We're not going to go deep dive into to BlizzCon this time around. But um, hey, that was a pretty good experience and yes. not bad Chinese food either. Oh, so good. We After the first day of BlizzCon, we all met in um, EJ and Raven's suite and we ordered uh, Chinese food and there was like, what, eight of us? And we just podcasted about our, our day and, and our excitement over the, the new expansion. And it was pretty, pretty cool. It was, that was, that was one of the peak experiences at BlizzCon. Um, but I had mentioned to them that this was my, my first time going with a group of people and the difference is ridiculous. Like it was fine to go by myself the first time, but I don't think I will ever go uh, to BlizzCon without a party because so much fun. Well, I've done cons. Um, I've gone to various cons. Um, uh, my, uh, my daughter is a cosplayer. My son-in-law is a film critic and also deep into the nerd community. Um, and I've gone to cons by myself, like mm-hmm. Tucson comic con. I've gone by myself and, you know, I do steampunk cosplay and I've gone by myself. Um, but you're right. It is so much more fun when you're with a group of people so much more fun. Yeah. And, and uh, it's nice because I have this when we go to um, San Diego Comic-Con, a group that loves being together, but has no problem with everybody doing their own thing. And that's, that's always nice to not feel like you're, you're stuck with a group, but also feeling like the group's there whenever you need them. <laughs> there was a point on, yes, there was a point on yes. day two where Raven was like, we are all doing our own thing now <laughs> because they were tired and we were tired. And so nobody objected. Everybody's like, yes, we are all going to go do our own thing. now. 
Well, you know, it's like business travel with people. We were talking before the show. I do a fair amount of business travel. Um, and, you know, after you're with a group of people for a certain amount of time, no matter how much you like them, no matter how much you might, you know, have common goals and objectives, uh, then somebody will say, oh, let's go out to dinner. Let's go. And I'm like, I don't think I can stand to look at you people for five more minutes. <laughs> uh, not that I felt that about Raven or EJ at all. It's just, no, you know, no, no. Th- there's only so much togetherness. Right. And then, right. OK, everybody needs to go do their own thing. Yeah, no, and, and it's it's good to have people that understand that. Like, it was it was yes. nice to be in a group of introverts because everybody understood if you needed to take a break, th- they got it. Wait, you're an introvert? Oh, God, yes. <laughs> okay, all right, well, <laughs> I, w- I wouldn't have guessed, but okay. I, I, I present as an uh, extrovert, but no, I am definitely, I if, if I have not been on my own for um, a significant amount of time, I start to uh, lose my mind. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, you present very well. Let's say like you do not present as an introvert. Um, how about you? Uh, any any significant BlizzCon stuff to talk about, or or <sighs> other geeky stuff you got to this week? Uh, you mean besides crying in front of Christy Golden? Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, um, you know it was. <clears throat> you know, um, probably the best advice I heard, uh, and I, I heard this mantra repeated, um, people over panels. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, yeah, we, it, when EJ and Raven invited us to come, uh, you know, be on the podcast and uh, Talib and I have been on the show, have been on their show a couple of times. Um, you know, we, we could have said, Oh, well, we want, there's this panel we want to go to, or, we want to go play the demo for this, that, or the other thing. But, you know, how often are we going to get the chance to hang out with people like Allie from Dungeon Fables or EJ and Raven, who Talib has been listening to forever, mm-hmm. um, or you, or, you know, Marie? Or, or it, It's such a unique opportunity that just being with those people um, and getting to experience BlizzCon like that with a community of people that know each other ish. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, that really, really was the special part of it. Yes. The announcements were cool. And the voice actor panel was over the moon. Um, but the, the real peak uh, experience of it, other than being a first BlizzCon was just, just that, that, solidifying that sense of community yeah. uh, sitting and breaking bread with people uh, that you wouldn't otherwise have an opportunity to do. And that's the beautiful part of that community. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, the, the cool thing about BlizzCon that, cause I've been to a lot of conventions and I love conventions. I love the convention scene, but uh, BlizzCon is unique because they have what five games, six games. Yes. And so you can turn to anybody in that, place and say what's your game what do you mean and automatically you'll have a conversation because you know especially if you i don't play a lot of stuff other than than warcraft but i have played enough that i can talk hearthstone i can talk um overwatch and and it's cool to be able to just instantly have that connection with people i i agree um like you i'm primarily warcraft again only so much time. Um, I, I can't talk Hearthstone. I've played a little bit of Hearthstone, but I don't play because I'm a little bit cheap. Um, <laughs> yes. And Overwatch, 
I'm 57 years old. I do not have the reflexes and reaction time necessary to play Overwatch and get any kind of enjoyment out of it, which is why I'm a little bit excited about the the possibilities of Overwatch 2, Yes, where they're going to have kind of a story mode uh, co-op play where, you know, I don't have to feel like I'm once again sitting and playing Halo with my son when he was in high school and him say him telling me, Dad, you I love you, but you kind of suck at this. <laughs> I I don't know if you've ever played Tracer or tried to play Tracer or have seen somebody play Tracer. I cannot wrap my head around that character. It's one of those things where it's like, okay, you've reached a, a type of gaming that my brain is not able to comprehend. <laughs> I, I've never even attempted to play. I have watched other people play uh, and watched the speed of what happens on the screen. And I just, I go, nope. <laughs> <laughs> Very much exactly. And, and I, I get the whole Hearthstone thing too, because I used to, I used to have my students coming up to me talking Hearthstone. And then one day I like, it was, it was an obsession. And then one day I was really, I'm never, I'm never going to reach the end of this like this is just going to go on forever and ever and i i can't do that i don't have the money to throw at this game anymore well that's that's the big thing right i mean if you want to play at any kind of a level just like any of the card games like magic and and you know these other things um it you know it it's not exactly a pay to win situation right uh, or at least you know because there is you know it's constructing the decks, right? And I, I know that much, but you're right. It's like owning a boat. It's just a hole that you just keep throwing money into, which, okay, yes, I have a subscription to Warcraft, which my son calls the slot machine that never pays off because uh, <laughs> he, he doesn't understand subscription games at all. Um, but it, it, just the Hearthstone thing where you realize I'm just kind of constantly be buying packs just to be, you know, just to remain even nominally competitive, I, I can't. Yeah, I just can't. Right. Yeah, and at least with Warcraft, there is an end point until the next expansion. Right. You you keep going until you finally get to some sort of sense of completion, and then if you want to do other stuff in the game, you can. But at least there. I mean, I think that's that's one of the things people like about classic because there really is an end. <laughs> like you get to a point and that's it. No more you know, it's really funny when when Talib, she's the one who introduced me to Warcraft. I asked her. I knew a little bit about it, but not much. I was just had sort of a peripheral awareness of it, and I was more familiar with like console games and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, you know about how many hours of gameplay is in the game. I mean, how, how long does it take to beat the game? And there was just silence. She's just like <laughs> looking at me, like, you know, like your head cocked to one side. Like I, all those words individually make sense, put them together. That question makes no sense whatsoever. And right. it's one of the things, honestly, I love about the game is it's, yeah. it, it's, there is almost, and I know people that are going to strongly disagree with me, but there is almost infinite, replay value on it yeah. that's my opinion i know what not everybody shares that right but you know if, if you if you don't want to replay it you know you don't have to that's right it's it's uh but for for they, there are enough options there that i think it can you can legally claim there is infinite replay value that yes i certainly feel that way 
Nice. Cool. Anything else? Uh, Geeky Week. Okay. So um, his uh, his Dark Materials uh, dropped on, and I, boy, I wish I could remember which VOD uh, it's on. I think it's on HBO. Uh, this, of course, uh, oh, God, author's name's going to blow out of my head. Pullman? Philip Pullman? Uh, okay. First book in the series with the Golden Compass, which they made oh, yes. a very, very poor version of that movie a number of years ago. I think Nicole Kidman was one of the stars. Um, but they've dropped a new version of it, uh, which is really, really good. I haven't listened to all the books, um, but I've listened to several of them. And this retelling, this reimagining of it in a long form uh, streaming service series is really, really good. Highly recommend it. Um, and uh, just, yeah. I, and my only complaint about it is they are doing it like Game of Thrones week to week. I kind of like when they drop an entire season in one go, right. um, which is how I'm watching Carnival Row right now, which I do not recommend for everyone. Uh it is uh, very unflinching in its violence and sexuality, uh, okay. but really, really interesting world building. Um, and so those are the two two things. And plus, I'm finishing up uh, the season two of The Expanse, uh, which is also based on a series of uh, on the Leviathan series. And I'm just all my author names are just blowing right out of my head. Um, <laughs> but it that also um, the expanse is uh, very, very good. And was one of these things that if I'm not greatly mistaken, was saved by fandom. Uh, yeah. They were going to cancel it. I don't know if you watched it. They were going to cancel it. And then the fandom reaction was so strong that it said, okay, we'll keep going. I think it was canceled before we got to season two, like finished season two. Right. And so we were like, well, we're just not going to finish it because it's not going to continue. And then it was picked up, but we never went back to it. So it's on our short list. It's, 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 it's a very, very good series. I, 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 it, I've listened to the first three books of that series. It's not as true to the source material as I would have liked, but okay. it's such a good telling of it that, yeah, I, again, highly recommend it. Awesome. Well, very cool. Um, well, that's that's our our weekly geekery. So we are going to quickly take a break, and then it kind of gives us a good transition because we're going to be talking about audio entertainment. I have a feeling uh, audio books are going to be a large part of that. <laughs> it sounds like it. <laughs> so we will be back. See you on the other side, folks. Hello friends, this is Troidal Power inviting you to join me over on Twitch most weeknights sometime after dinner. Video games have always been a social hobby for me, with friends and family crammed together on a couch chatting away while someone holds the controller. And thanks to the power of the internet, I've got my own virtual couch over on Twitch where you can kick back and goof off while I play games. Find me on Twitch by searching Troidal Power, that's T-R-O-Y-T-L-E Power, to snag a spot on the couch. Hey Geeks, this is Capsule J. I'm a streamer on the Geek2Geek Media Network. If you like discovering new games and chatting with cool nerdy folks, be sure to check out my channel on Twitch. You can find it at twitch.tv slash CapsuleJ. That's C-A-P-S-U-L-E-J-A-Y. I stream a blend of indies, retro games, and RPGs most Tuesday nights from 8pm to 11pm Eastern, and occasionally on Thursdays and weekends. Hope to see you then! 
I'm Void. And I'm Beach. And together, we're the geek to geek podcast. Well, we make it. It is kind of us, but I guess it's separate. Every week, we pick a topic from geek or digital culture and chat about it for a while. And you're invited. We talk about books and movies, games, comics, the internet. Or really whatever we feel like. Yeah, that too. So look for the geek to geek podcast on iTunes. Or wherever your podcasts are sold. Or downloaded. Or whatever. Hello, I'm Katie. And I'm Chelsea. And together we are Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, a podcast all about pop culture. We talk about books, movies, music, basically anything we want at this point. Yes, we obsess about K-pop. And Keanu Reeves. And sometimes Katie cries on the podcast. Hey, that's rude. But really, we are just here to talk about all the things that we love. So make sure to head over to teatimewithkc.com and geek2geekmedia.com to check us out. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to our show wherever you download your podcasts. Bye! And we are back. And we are talking today as our main topic, audio entertainment. As both of us have very very busy uh, work weeks and do a lot of travel, yours in travel and mine commu- commuting. And I think we, we have found <laughs> our, our way of coping. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. A- audio uh, entertainment. Um, I feel it's such a significant thing and it, I really have a long history with it. And uh, you know, I'll, I'll talk about that more as we, as we get into this, but it, it, to me uh, where it is today, and really, I don't know that it's entirely fair to call it a resurgence at this point in 2019, because mm-hmm. it really found its origins, uh, you know, in the eighties and nineties. Um, but the, proliferation of the availability of various types of audio entertainment um, is just amazing. And as a content creator uh, of, of scripted and, and that is really what I'm talking about or what my focus in this conversation would like to be is specifically scripted audio entertainment, as opposed to, you know, this, the the type of thing we're doing around long form conversational, which is wonderful. Uh, and, um, but that's, that's kind of where my focus on this conversation is going to be. Right. It takes, it takes the, it takes what we're doing into the, the art realm, the art form realm. Um, I, I don't know where your, your beginnings with it, or at least your conscious beginnings with audio entertainment started. But I know for me, when I was doing theater, um, out of college, and would be driving home. I've never, <laughs> I've never lived and worked anywhere near each other. <laughs> um, and I'd be driving home and I'd always catch like late NPR and they'd have these amazing old radio shows, like all the classic, yep. like the Lone Ranger and um, just very like, I had completely not realized that that was a thing. I mean, I guess I, I understood it was a thing, but it had never um, crossed my path. And at that point I was like, okay, this is wonderful. Especially with the amount of time I, I spend in the car, I can like stop thinking about traffic and start thinking about these worlds that these people are creating. Yep. Yep. Um, so mine goes back to very young. Um, I actually grew up, uh, or spent a lot of my formative years and younger years overseas where when we were first there, there really wasn't, um, uh, Armed Forces Television, we had Armed Forces Radio, right? Uh, and so 
at a very early age, I was exposed to a lot of uh, a lot of uh, radio dramas, radio comedies, uh, radio adventures, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and also, uh, you, you know, records. Um, mm-hmm. I, I I know it's problematic to talk about him today, but Bill Cosby. Um, mm-hmm. y- you know, his albums, uh, wonderfulness, why is there air, uh, a very funny guy. I mean, Bill, while he is a very problematic figure today at the time, uh, in, in standup comedy, he was arguably one of the best comedic storytellers out there. Um, and, uh, and <laughs> so there was the, the classic radio, those rec- records, and I actually had something, um, You'll be too young to remember this, but I had this thing. It was like a, a little 45 RPM record player, and it looked like a TV set. Um, and you would it was called a it was called the show and tell player. And you put your little record on the on the top, you know, on the record player, and then you had these film strips that were like mm, they were sort of in a in this cardboard holder. And you would drop it into this slot, um, and the record would play. And like classic film strips, the record would have a tone in it that would cause the film strip to advance. And it would show pictures on it was just a little backlit screen, uh, and it would show the film strip on this projector. Um, and I had a a lot of these records um, and a lot of stories, but the one that stands out in my mind um, for reasons which. I still don't understand. I had the fall of the house of Usher, um, which doesn't really strike me as a children's thing. Uh, I don't know why I had that, but (laughs) I would listen to it and I was fascinated by it and it would always scare the hell out of me. Uh, And then I would cry, you know, I would go to my parents' room. I'm scared. I don't want to sleep. You know, this kind of thing. So my history with audio entertainment goes really back to a very young age. But if you think about all of us, right, all of us as uh, uh, in the uh, – what have I heard it referred to as? The Anthropocene age, right? Um, it all starts with storytelling, right? Mm-hmm. Before there were radios, before there were books or movable type or uh, – it was – there. What it, what it was about was a storyteller and people listening. Right. Right. Uh, Whether it was passing on of oral traditions or religion or, you know, explaining why there's thunder or relating tales, you know, heroic tales. I think we all have that in us to either want to tell stories or hear stories well told. Um, And I don't really it as advanced as CGI has gotten throughout the course of my life. Uh, and the the astounding things that they can achieve on the screen. They cannot come anywhere close to what can be produced in the mind with the human imagination with an effective storyteller. Right. And that's really, to my mind, why audio entertainment, and, it's, and especially scripted audio entertainment, and there's so much wonderful content out there, uh, I could talk for the next two hours about it. Um, but that's really what I think the key is. Well-told stories and well-produced stories are so compelling to the imagination 
and I, I think that's the I think that's the core of their popular of its popularity. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I we we talked while we were uploading our our audio at the break the, about our theater backgrounds, and um, and I think that is you know I think the beginning of of where my storytelling interests come from because that's what it is. You're 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 up there telling a story. Um, do you have do you have some favorites right now that you're um, promoting or gravitating towards? Oh God, you mean like kind of current? Content, yeah, just current content that you're you're like we can share with our audience. Oh yeah, absolutely. So um, there there are a couple that I've just um, uh, discovered. Um, one is called Zero Hours. <clears throat> it was a limited series by the producers of a long running series called Wolf Three Five Nine. Excuse me, I'm sorry. Uh, okay. Called Wolf Three Five Nine, which. Star Trek fans will recognize the you know the Battle of Wolf three five nine, but this is not a Star Trek. Uh, so there was this long running series called Wolf three five nine, which somebody told me about, um, and that had about a two year run from 2017 to uh, just earlier this year, and then they started producing this new series called Zero Hours, um, which is a really astounding anthology of stories Uh, so far they've produced seven episodes and there's a certain interconnectedness between them i don't want to tell people too much about it because it's really 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 astounding so well told so well produced um welcome to night vale of course um but huge fan i am so far behind right now it is ridiculous same um and then a lot of other things that uh welcome to night vale presents uh produces uh, the Orbiting Human Circus, which is returning after a hiatus. I, I'm not sure if they've already returned or they're getting ready to return, which is just as mind-bending as Welcome to Night Vale, but in a very different way. And if you haven't listened to it, strongly recommend it. Um, also out of uh, Night Vale Presents, Alice Isn't Dead. Um, I just listened to a an episode or two of that. I, I wasn't quite sure. I, I think I need to give it more time. You do. You do. You gotta, you gotta let the, yeah, it's definitely not episodic. Uh, this is a, yeah, this is one you got to kind of stick with to get the vibe of. Um, and I also really, really like a lot of the, um, a lot of the improv stuff. I have a deep love and respect for, for improvisation. Mm-hmm. Um, Mission to Zix which is hysterical sci-fi um, uh, uh, sci-fi improv um, hello from the magic tavern, which has been around for a long time. And that's more just kind of silly improv, um, but told in this sort of overall story arc uh, voyage of the stars, uh, which uh, it's very similar to mission to Zix um, with uh, oh God, I'm just really struggling with names. Uh Queen of the Nerds, help me out. Oh, um, you know who I'm talking. <laughs> I know exactly who you're talking about. You know who I'm talking um, about. Sh- sh- like the, the audience is screaming at us. Um, <laughs> Come on, chat room. Somebody give it to us. Somebody give oh, it to us. Oh my goodness. Oh golly. I, 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 we'll, we'll we'll look it up. We'll get it. Right. Right. Um, right. Yeah. Uh, Voyage to the Stars. Very very good. Um. And uh, the homecoming, uh, or not the homecoming, homecoming, 
which is actually a year or two old now, but now has been produced into made the jump from podcast to the screen, mm-hmm. uh, which is uh, which is pretty astounding. Uh, Felicia uh, Day. Thank you, Felicia. What'd you do? Did you Google cheat? I, I Google cheated. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, so Voyage to the Star is also very good. Although if I'm going, to, as much as I love Felicia Day, if I'm going to express a preference between those two, because they're very similar, they're both sci-fi, um, improv, mission to Zix, really, really, really good. Um, everything is Alive. Um, which is a really interesting format where I can't tell if it's entirely improv or scripted. Um, it sounds improv. If it's completely scripted, it's so well executed where basically the, the narrator is interviewing inanimate objects, oh, how things fun. like lampposts <laughs> and uh, just really, really very, very interesting um, very, very unique. Um, yeah, if you haven't listened to it, uh, again, a lot of this stuff is coming out of uh, Night Vale, uh, uh, Night Vale Presents, um, and uh, King Falls AM, which is sort of a sillier version of Welcome to Night Vale. Um, but I constantly go back to um, their various radio apps, uh, classic radio apps, I go back and listen to like Captain Midnight, mm-hmm. which was a great, great old radio serial. Um, one of my favorites, Voyage of the Scarlet Queen, which actually I have on the Half Hill Report a lot of times on upcoming, like when we close out the show on a weekly basis, I talk about these fictional shows that are also on this fictional radio uh, radio station. Mm-hmm. Um, I give a strong nod to shows like Voyage of the Scarlet Queen. Um, also, the wonderful, wonderful BBC production of uh, the Horatio Hornblower series. Yes, um, which is I, oh, you know of yeah, wonder yeah. You know what? I didn't realize until recently that um that that was the same author as the African Queen. Oh, I don't think I did either. I did not know that either. And I, when I found out about it, because uh, I'm a huge fan of that movie, uh, I said, well, how have I not listened to that book? Because I've listened to all the Horatio Hornblower books as well as the BBC series. Um, and so I went and got that audio book. Uh, but those are the those are the podcasts that are really um, that current stuff that I would recommend. That is that is a nice and beautiful list that I will be I will be downloading before I start work on Tuesday. That is <laughs> well, you got a lot of time. Oh yeah, um, but you mentioned it's probably a good way to transition to it. You mentioned um, different books. I think that's where where I have been um, getting in a lot of my scripted entertainment is from audiobooks. Yes, um, I have very much enjoyed. Uh, just trying different things out. Like every once in a while I get nonfiction just so that I'm like learning things. And so I definitely enjoy kind of that, but I, I, because of my commute, I think I got through the Harry Potter series in two months. Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it goes by quick. Um, but I'm trying to think of what else I've, I love, um, 
the first one I listened to when I got my Audible account was uh, Lamb, The Gospel According to Biff. Have you heard of this? Oh, it's by, no. um, oh, what's the guy's name? Uh, you're not the only one having name issues today. Um, it is uh, Lamb, The Gospel According to Biff by Christopher Moore. Um, I am looking at LAMB. Yeah, LAMB. The gospel. All right, it's not coming up immediately, but I will um, get what. Give me a sense of uh, genre. Well, it's it, the the. It's it's basically like I I am not a religious person, but from from the time Jesus is um 12 and i guess that's the last time he's he's talked about until he's 33 it fills in those years in a comic way his best oh <laughs> his best friend biff is this kid that none of the other um parents approve of and and jesus is always trying to be um you know very serious and very godly and biff just kind of throws that all the, out the window and they're constantly getting into trouble and then finally um you know jesus realizes he has to go out and start learning how to be the messiah and so they kind of road trip <laughs> they go back oh okay you know what i i have one credit in my library or i have one credit on my account right now i just bought that yeah it's fun it's very very fun it it is it by any chance, like British author, you know that type of humor, um, or is it? It's it's not it's not dry British humor. It is very um, like it's situational humor, and Biff is all about sex and all about like he just he just wants to experience life, and uh, Jesus kind of wants to experience it too, but can't. So kind of just lets him do his thing kind of observes. Um, it's, it's quite, it's quite entertaining. And and you get, you get to the end and it, it is, it does have some, some, you know, serious tones to it, but for the most part, it's just goofiness. So how's the narrator? Because I don't know about you with audiobooks. Um, and I just did something I almost never did. Uh, just on the strength of your recommendation, I went, ahead, you know, I went ahead and burned a credit on that book. But normally, before I get any book, I don't know if you do this. I listen to a sample because if the narrator isn't any good, I, I, it can be the greatest book ever written, and it's just like grating on the nerves. Yeah, I, I started to. I, I just recently started to because there were so many where I was like, I want to, I want to listen to this book, but you, dude, you're awful. <laughs> I can't, I can't do this. Uh, right? Yeah. So, who are your favorite? Do you have like favorite? I'm, I'm going to kind of flip it here. I'm asking you, like, who are your favorite narrators? Do you have like some that you're just because there are some for me that's like I'll listen to pretty much any book that these people narrate. Yes, like, I have. Like, who to are yours? Find um, the book it was um red white and royal blue was the book and um and it was basically it's it's what happens if the the president's son and in this case it's a woman who won the 20 um 2016 election but it was not hillary clinton um and she has a son who ends up falling in love with the prince of england who is a fictional prince of english but um 
absolutely wonderful, wonderful book. And it's narrated by Ramon de Ocampo. And he's wonderful. I know that narrator. I know that narrator. Why do I know that narrator? That is a very familiar narrator. I'm, I'm really into, uh, yeah, he narrated it. Is it Ramon de Ocampo? Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, he narrated, um, and I haven't even finished listening to it yet, um, The Well of Eternity by oh, cool. uh, Kanak. One of the one of the um, Blizzard, yeah, one of the one of the recent Warcraft book or recently released Warcraft books. Nice. I'm gonna have to look at that because I haven't I haven't listened to a lot of Warcraft books. I listened <laughs> to um, the one between Le- um, Pandaria and Leg- um, Warlords, and then I uh-huh. listened to the one before um, Battle for Az- Battle for Azeroth. Yeah, before the storm. Yeah, before the storm. That was such. A- that was the one narrated by Christy Golden, and she is, and it ma- it it makes perfect sense. She wrote the books. She, I didn't necessarily create these characters, but has certainly fleshed them out to an astounding degree. Um, and she her narration is just epic. This isn't quite in our topic, but I have to bring it up. Did you see the voice actor panel? Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> oh okay, my so, yeah. <laughs> so for listeners um, at BlizzCon, they had a panel with the voice actors for the game and they had their director who, who directed a lot of the cinematics, which are the, the kind of cut scenes and trailers before, you know, they're like fully rendered um, like film clips inside the game and uh and so the she showed some some acting exercises she did with the actors and then at the end they reenact two of the cinematics and i don't they the only the only standing ovation of the entire weekend um it really to me tells you how good these stories are when you can strip away all the cgi and still have people breaking down in tears, uh, which I am not ashamed to say I did. Oh, and the other thing that I think it, it helped kick down the wall of voice actors are actors. Mm -hmm. Voice actors are actors. Um, at, for people that have listened to the show, you've heard the show, you've heard me do voice acting and voice characterization on the half hill report. Um, <clears throat> that is that is acting, a- and these actors, Patty Matson, uh, the, the other people that are on the stage, very embarrassing that the names are escaping me at the moment. Um, and uh, but and the, their director, uh, Andrea Toyas, um, just these are they're not just they're they are actors. They are not just voice actors. They're not just, I think the one guy said, making noise with his face. They're not just making noise with their face. They're acting. Right. They're, they're doing what all actors do. They are, they are inhabiting the character um, physically, emotionally, uh, with their voices. And, uh, and they demonstrated that on stage, live. We were seeing Anduin Wren 
and, and Varrock Sourfang. Um, you know, we were seeing Thrall and Sylvanas, um, and we believed it just as much without the visuals. Right. When Patty Madsen strode out onto the stage as Sylvanas, she, that was no longer Patty Madsen. That no. was War Chief Sylvanas Windrunner. Yeah, and and just I mean her presence changed. I was oh, like, yeah. oh, she 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 comes off her her energy is kind of sophisticated soccer mom <laughs> when she's just talking, oh, uh, just you know, very very um, just kind of I'm here. I'm like she didn't have a a very strong presence. Then she comes in as Sylvanas, and it's like, oh, oh my god, who is this woman? <laughs> yeah, she owned the room. I mean, as yeah. soon as she strode out onto the stage in character, she absolutely owned that room. Uh, at at a big room it was. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so so amazing. So Yeah, so thank you for bringing that up. I that was that was the panel if I had missed Everything else, if I had missed opening ceremonies, if I had missed every, deep dives, if I had missed everything else, that is the one panel as a pseudo hobby cast voice actor myself, that was the one I wasn't going to miss. Right. Yeah. No, it was it was incredible. And so much better than the ones in the previous years. I don't know how you felt about it because, like I said, I've been going – been watching that panel on virtual ticket for a couple of years. Now this one stood head and shoulders above all the previous ones. Well, a lot of times they do fluff stuff with the voice actors. I know at Comic-Con yeah. every year, they they have two very fun panels and their voice actor panels, but they, they tell stories about their experiences and who they've run into and a lot of name dropping. And then they read, um, a, a very standard snow white and seven dwarf script. And right. it's the same thing every year and it's fun and it's entertaining, but you know, this is people actually doing theater. Like, I mean, it is, yep. it is vocal theater and it is amazing. I, I couldn't agree more. Um, and as you know, both of us, you're obviously still involved in theater. <clears throat> um, both of us having theater backgrounds and your involvement in theater, it, it really hammers home something that is just so important to me that people understand Voice actors are actors. Yeah. Voice actors are, and whether they're doing it for Disney or Warner Brothers, or, you know, if it's, you know, going back to the classic names, June Frey, Mel Blanc, um, it, the people that, uh, you know, a lot of other names that are escaping me at the moment. Um, these are legitimate actors who go into their characters. Um, that a lot of good narrator, <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm so sorry. No, no problem. That a lot of good narrators do too, um, and that's where. And so you mentioned one of your favorites, uh, Roy uh, Raymond uh, Diocampo. Uh, very coincidental. I, I don't know why I recognized the name immediately when you when you said it. I was like, wait, I know that narrator. Um, some, if you don't mind, uh, some of my favorites. Yeah, um, don't judge. Don't judge. Okay, Will Wheaton. Oh, I don't judge at all. Okay, so no, I, I have, I, 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 <laughs> I know that you either love Will Wheaton or you hate Will Wheaton. I, I appreciate Will Wheaton. So I, I think he's done a lot for the community. I, I haven't had to deal with him personally. So, so well, me neither. Um, 
Uh, although I was very disappointed uh, when his podcast, uh, Radio Free Burrito, went away, because um, mm-hmm. I really enjoyed that one. Um, but he narrated Ready Player One, when um, he was the absolute perfect person to narrate that. Um, yes, absolutely. And he has really narrated pretty much all of John Scalzi's books. Um, and if you're a genre fiction fan at all, and you've not heard of John Scalzi, I would strongly recommend that you go seek him out. S-C-A-L-Z-I. Um, really, really good science fiction writer. Um, Christy Golden, of course, who I already mentioned. John Lee and Scott Brick, um, who narrate, uh, do an awful lot of fantasy and genre fiction stuff, including a lot of the Warcraft books. Um, Roy Dotrice who narrated um, uh, pretty much all the George R. I think, I think he narrated all of the George R. R. Martin, uh, the, the song of fire and ice books. Mm-hmm. Um, interestingly enough, he, I'm trying to remember his relationship to the little girl from Mary Poppins. Oh, the one who played. Yeah. He is. I can't remember how he's related to her, but he is related to her. Um, I think I'm getting that right. Somebody fact, somebody fact check me on that. Um, but, um, and the other person who is my absolute favorite, I would sit and listen to her read the phone book, um, is a, a British actress by the name of Davina Porter, who um, narrated where I discovered her was in the Outlander series books. Um, okay. This is the, uh, the uh, Diana Gabaldon books that were, mm-hmm. um, translated into the TV series now. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, she just, she just melts me. She's just absolutely sorry to leap. Um, but Davina, <laughs> Davina Porter's voice just melts me. She also did uh, the mist of Avalon uh, series and quite a few others. But um, if you're a fan of audiobooks, uh, and I happen to personally like, while I like there are a lot of male Narrators are like, there is something very, very pleasant about a, a, a female narrator and a, fe- a feminine voice. And Davina Porter is just amazing. Just mm-hmm. amazing. Now, he doesn't do much beyond um, Jim Butcher novels, but that's okay because there are a lot of Jim Butcher novels. I absolutely love James Marsters. Um, you people may know him as Spike from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and he was just recently in something else where he was playing a dad, and I'm trying to remember what that. Oh, he was in um, the Runaways. If people watch that on Hulu, um, but he does all of the Jim Butcher um, Dresden File books, which, if you don't know that series, it is amazing. It is, you know, it is so good, and I don't know why I haven't listened to more of them. Um, because I really, really enjoy that world, the world that was built in those series. Yeah. And, uh, and it's funny because I mean, knowing the, the Jim Butch or knowing, uh, the James Marsters of, of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, where he's playing this, you know, posh British, um, <laughs> vampire. And then he, he plays Dresden. You can hear it. It's almost like he breathes like a smoker. Like I don't, I don't know how else to explain it, but it is, it is very like it is completely 
he is world weary and he is cheap, sm- um, cheap scotch and unfiltered camels. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's such a, like, like I, it would be hard for me to, to see Dresden played by somebody who doesn't have that kind of voice because it's been ruined by James Marsters. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, and that is, and that is, and, and and that that's one of the things I wanted to touch on on this, and I, I'm going to go off on a tiny bit of a tangent, not much. That is one of the unique things. Um, it, it's interesting. Um, my son, who is also a voracious re- reader, right? Mm-hmm. He and I get into not debate so much, but discussions of because he really, really likes to read books. Um, he reads them on a Kindle. Um, but he really likes to read books. And he says he the reason he doesn't like audiobooks is because he doesn't want somebody else telling him how a character sounds. Mm-hmm. He he wants that he he says that that's mine to interpret. Yeah. Um and so that is the good side, and for some people, maybe a downside. So the example of audio entertainment, so the example you just used of like this character, right? Uh, mm-hmm. the, 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 you know, uh, Harry Dresden um, now has become just completely. That is, that is that voice. And that is, that is how you define that. Mm-hmm. I have been very hesitant and I've only recently just watched the first couple episodes of the outlander series on, on TV because I, I, I was so deeply in love with Davina Porter's interpretation and her voicing uh, and how I played out that story in my imagination, the visuals and stuff. I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to see it. It, You can't improve in my mind on what's in my head. Um, And I still haven't seen the cinematic version of uh, either ready player one or Ender's game. Uh, don't <laughs> yeah. I, my personal recommendation. Don't bother with ready player one. Thank I, you. Yeah. I am somebody who totally understands that the movie is not going to be as good as the book, but I feel like they changed so many fundamentally important things about that book that it's like, don't even bother. <laughs> yeah. And I've, I've, I've heard sort of the same about Ender's game. Um, I'm a huge, huge fan of Orson Scott card and the Enderverse. Um, Ender's Game, uh, to me, is just amazing. I've listened to it so many times, I can barely count anymore. Uh, sometimes I'll put it on at night just to fall asleep, and especially mm-hmm. the, the special anniversary full cast recording uh, of that, which was uh, so well produced and so well done um, that I'm like, I, 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 don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't, they may have done it very, very well. I still don't want to see it. Right. And that's, that's one of the downsides of audio entertainment. And I don't, I don't, it's really not a downside, but it's one of these things of once you hear it, especially like a full cast album, like the, the great stuff that the BBC did with the Lord of the Rings. And for, do you remember like when books on tape was a thing? Oh yeah. I had plenty of them. Okay. <laughs> remember that boxed set came in a wooden box. I think it was eight cassettes of Lord of the Rings. Oh yeah. Do you remember I that box? I did I did not own it. 
I owned it. I, I, I touched it as I passed it on the yeah. bookshelf. I, I owned it. Um, my, my, my kids listened to it. Um, and that was so, so great. And it was so well produced and so well executed that there was like when, when the films, which were arguably great, but not as true to the source material as perhaps you would have liked if you're a big fan of it. Those you were so seeped in the that universe that you created in your head via listening to that that audio version that you almost like kind of came at the films with trepidation, right? Like, why can't they get Dune right on film? Well, mm-hmm. because Dune is unfilmable and now i know there's a project in the works right now i don't have any better hopes for it than than any of the previous versions of dune it's i i don't i it's it's not filmable that is a book um and is really best either read or because of all the reasons we talked about convenience cost um storage all of those reasons why we talk audio uh, why audio entertainment is so is so popular um that it uh, why even try why even try on something like dune i don't think it's executable i think you're going to see a lot more like the um the series you just mentioned earlier um i forget the name of the series but the first book's the the golden compass his dark materials yeah his dark materials um where they're not going to just remake the books they're just going to exist in the in the world i think we're going to see a lot more of that so kind of like the expand like the eu like the expanded universe yeah exactly so so it gives us a taste of that universe that we want to be a part of but we're not like eroding the buck yeah and you know certainly we're seeing a lot of derivative works right so some in some cases highly highly derivative um but you're right because these, you know, these new platforms, um, whether it's you know Apple TV or Hulu or Crackle or uh, Netflix, uh, HBO, which of course been producing original content for quite some time. By the way, how must all of those other companies felt about the fact um, that they turned down or walked away from um, uh, A Handmaid's Tale? And then, right. and then Hulu ends up taking was it an Emmy, right? Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> My the, the story that I heard from multiple sources was that Netflix, I think Netflix and HBO turned it down. Wow. Right. That's that's a that's a bad choice. <laughs> Oops. Somebody may have gotten fired over <laughs> <Oops>. that one. <laughs> yeah. When she went when when they went up to take the Emmy on that, somebody got their notice. <laughs> um. Many years ago, mm-hmm. um, this is when my kids were very, or my kids were younger, and we we would. I never denied my kids books. Um, we would typically go to like once a week. We would go to go out to dinner, and then there was a bookstore nearby, and I would never deny them books. Uh, it didn't really matter what the books were. They and I, if they got manga, I, that was fine. That's still reading. Um, but we were walking around. I think it was a Barnes and Noble or a B Dalton. I don't remember which one it was. I told my kids, I said, look around, absorb this, what you're seeing here, this, this bookstore, because within your lifetime, this is not going to be a thing anymore. Right. Um, and I think 
we've been talking about audiobooks and our favorite narrators and stuff like that. It's a disruptive technology, right? That essentially is going to turn bookstores. I think there'll always be bookstores of some type, you know, maybe the little boutique kind of stuff. Um, but the distribution method is so much more cost effective, um, whether it's, you know, digital books like a Kindle or that kind of thing or audio that bookstores are going the way, you know, of, buddy, of buggy whips um, because it's, it's an inefficient distribution method just from a business standpoint. Um, but I think audio entertainment, which you both, both you and I are involved with is just, it, it's so beautiful. And especially today with the internet for content creators like you and I, there's no gatekeepers anymore. And a lot of other podcasters and podcasts have talked about this, get a mic, get a, you know, um, it, you can really, really, if you have a story you want to tell, um, whether it's scripted or, or conversational or news-based or whatever it is, if you have a story you want to tell and you want to get it out to the world for a very small investment, very small money investment. I mean, I started out with a really cheap, crappy mic. As a matter of fact, I go back and listen to the early episodes of the show and go, ugh, please, nobody even listen to those. Um, we all do. Yeah, we right? Do. <laughs> um, the, there is a world of content creators out there that now have the ability to reach an audience because of the the internet. And again, I'm talking specifically about scripted content. Um, that if you're, if you are a, a person listening to this, who has an idea, who has a thought, go get a mic, you know, sit down, write out your idea, very small investment in, a, in a, in a hosting service. You can get it out there. You can get it out there. And I know that wasn't really our topic, but it, it seemed appropriate to bring up. Yeah, no, I think it's a, a good place to to kind of conclude on in that it it is something that is a lot more accessible to us um, in this day and age. And I, I think, you know, you don't need we, we have come to rely on and, and my podcast has has dealt with it. And, and we love the love it. But like the MCU, we've gotten to a point where these big, huge epic stories are told in full relief and beautiful detail, and they're absolutely amazing and epic. And you can do the same, create the same content with just your voice and a microphone, um, and then your listener's imagination. And I think that that's kind of an amazing thing. And you don't need anybody's permission to do it. Right. You know, you didn't, you didn't get anybody's permission to start this now, what, 161 episodes in? Right. Well, I got my. I got. Well, my. okay. Yeah. There's that. <laughs> yeah. There's that. Um, but uh, there's no gatekeepers. You don't have to go sell the show to anybody. Look, if you're looking to get rich and famous, trust me, it's not going to happen unless. Yeah. No, no. Um, but you know, people are hungry for this content, and people may be hungry for your content. The people who started Welcome to Night Vale, I am sure, had no idea what was going to happen to them. Um, and audio entertainment, scripted audio entertainment is, I, I think, again, convenience, 
right? We live in a busy world. Mm -hmm. Time is at a premium. People don't have time to sit down and read a book uh, or necessarily even consume. But like you, two-hour commute each way, uh, you know, grocery shopping, doing the yard work or laundry or whatever it is, you can still consume that content. Um, it is, it's cost effective. Uh, your storage space is zero. It's, it's ones and zeros. It's bits and bytes, right? Mm-hmm. And you're not, and you're not tearing down trees to do it. Thank I mean, you. I love books. I'm an English, I'm an English teacher, yeah. but I am, I am very big proponent of, of electronic, um, books because, uh, you know, we only got so many resources. That's right. <laughs> and it, it, and again, books are about the words, not about the medium. Right. So whether it's on a Kindle screen or, or whatever it is, right. It's, it's, it's the literature. Um, and the other thing that, you know, I will say to people who are considering uh, creating uh, uh, audible entertainment, it doesn't have to be a podcast. It, it can be a lot of different formats. Um, by the way, um, shout out to LibriVox. Uh, if you're not familiar, are you familiar with LibriVox? I'm not. Okay, so LibriVox started actually, I want to say in the 1990s, um, and it basically is an all-volunteer organization that does recordings of strictly public domain works. I actually recorded a chapter in an anthology on LibriVox just to try it out to see how I enjoyed doing that. Um, Has a LibriVox, and and all of the... um, the people who do the narration, uh, who do the reading, uh, it's all volunteer. It's non-paid. Um, and um, so for people who aren't familiar with LibriVox, if you're a, if for whatever limited means or are just interested in either listening to or contributing to LibriVox, strongly recommend them. Um, huge library of older public domain stuff, both uh, fiction and nonfiction. But if you're thinking about it, don't think about it too hard. Just jump in with both feet. Go do it. You're going to find an audience, and it doesn't matter how big your audience is. Um, and the other thing you'll find is the podcast com- is, in general, and I will speak only for the Warcraft podcast community, um, it, is a, it is an amazingly supportive – it's not competitive. It's not, no. it's not competitive. And and you may have found the same thing, Joe. In in, in you know the the realm, you're you're kind of you kind of cross over between the two uh, podcast communities or the multiple podcast mm-hmm. communities. It's incredibly supportive. People will give you advice. People will, um, like Joe is doing. Let me come on his show and talk. <laughs> um, uh, and and will you know? And you'll get welcomed into the com- into the community in in ways you could have never imagined. It's funny because I've seen a lot of people talk about we 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 have become we have become a joke on uh, on late night television where um, you know everybody has a podcast. But the good thing is, is because you're not going to get rich and famous by doing a podcast. A lot of the people who are in it for that have migrated away, and so most of the content creators out there are doing it because they're passionate about whatever they're talking about. That's and, right. Um, and it's addictive. It's addictive. Once <laughs> you start one, it's hard not to start multiple. Well, so far I have avoided the j- just because of the time. What Frasley, uh, Frasley Sparksman, uh, Jonathan Bloom. How many does he have now? Right, S- uh, six. I don't. I just know of the one. Does he have really have six? I think it's a. I think he may now. Some of them are very short. 
Um, he has Frazzlecast, which is his big, that's kind of his tent pole. Um, the Frazzly Report, Be Great Today, um, at least one other. And Frazzly, if you're listening to this, I'm sorry, uh, I can't remember all of them. And then Ali, um, who I, I can't remember. Did you meet Aliandros? Uh, or I met I met her when I met um, I had known Frasley and talked to Frasley right, before. Right. Um, so I had to go like when I when I was talking to you, you're the one who told me he was at BlizzCon. Oh, that's right. I, yeah, I, that's I, right. I, I, I will see you later. I'm going to go find Frasley. Yeah, that's right. That's and, right. That was at Con Before yeah. Storm. Yeah. And so I found him at uh, the Dark Moon Fair, right. and I met Ali. I met Ali. Yeah. So, like, Ali is what she's on. She has Dungeon Fables, which is fabulous. It is so good, and she's just blowing up in the Potosphere. Um, all things Azeroth. Um, she just did Tavern Cast, which is astounding, um, and she's such a talent. And still, we're all because we're all hobbyists these are all hobby casts right um to the best of my knowledge i'm not i'm not monetizing mine i don't know about yours um no i'm not monetizing mine and i don't think i would ever want to i don't it depends on the it depends on the content i mean i i think if it ever if i ever monetize it's going to be during it's going to be via patreon and and for you know if if you want to support I mean, it's just going to go to pay the cost of the, of the hosting. Yes. So it's not like that, that, like if I ever, I probably will never do it for Geektitude. If I start up a new um, IP, I might, but right. Yeah. yeah. Oh my goodness. We well, did. We went down sir. a rabbit hole, didn't we? Gee, Willikers. We oh, did. Sorry. I think we that was did, my fault. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, no worries. I, I think, I think it's a good way to conclude because um, at the end of the day, it is very easy to, to create, well, it's not easy, but it is accessible to create audio entertainment. And so um, the more people who do it, the more fun we can have with it. Come so, join us. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, any shout outs this week? Oh, obviously to uh, my dear Professor Talib, who uh, couldn't be with us today. Um, and uh, hopefully we'll get another opportunity to come on your wonderful show and talk uh, about the half report. Um, Absolutely. And just to the whole Warcraft podcast community, uh, some of the people we've mentioned um, already. Uh, and then, of course, mom and dad, my biggest fans. Um, uh, just for people that listen to the show, and Joe, you might get this. Say, can I say hi to my mom? Hi, mom. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, for those that aren't familiar with that, that's a little bit that is done on the Half Hill Report. Um, and um, yeah, that that's about it. Awesome. I wanted to do a shout out to EJ and Raven who oh, really were about um, bringing the community together over BlizzCon. And that's how we met. And I am actually, after we're recording, going out to brunch with one of their listeners who we met. Oh my who God, happens that's so cool. Be, yeah. Um, uh, John and his, I'm going to meet his husband, John. Um, and they're, like we're going to be out in Palm Springs, so let's get brunch. So we were going to brunch. That's only about a what five hour drive for me. I, I wouldn't make. I wouldn't make it. <laughs> you wouldn't make it, but we'll 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 have you invited for the next one. Um, hey, anytime you drive past, you know, grabbing a bite to eat is is never a problem. I got your number. Um, yeah. Uh, 
All the music in this episode is by Ben Sound and is being used under a Creative Commons license. You can find more music by Ben Sound at bensound.com. Geekitude is a proud member of the Geek to Geek Network. Check out other Geek to Geek shows such as the Geek to Geek Podcast, Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, Dragon Quest FM, and sometimes Rob. Also, check out our Twitch streamers, Capsule J and Troidal Power, and make sure to join our Reddit community at r forward slash geek to geek cast. Or join us in Slack or Discord where you can chat with us in real time. You can currently find us at geektitude.com as well as on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, and most other podcatchers out there. Please leave us a review and spread the word. If you'd like to contact me, you can send me an email at joehogan at geektitude.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter at geektitude or me personally at Epic Grays. Tosh, where can we find you? So you can find uh, the Half Hill Report, of course, on pretty much any podcatcher you have, or you can go directly to the website at halfhillreport.podbean.com. Uh, um, you can uh, reach the Half Hill Report on Twitter and Facebook at Half Hill Report. Uh, you can reach me, Tosh Mafuni, at, um, and I'm, you'll stick it in the show notes, uh, Tosh Mafuni1 on Twitter and Professor Talib at P Talib. Awesome. And you can reach well, us by email so at uh, halfhillreport uh, at yahoo.com. And Perfect. please, if you, you know, I rarely do this, but if you left us a review or a rating on iTunes or, or whatever they call the Apple podcast now, uh, boy, that sure would be appreciated or rating or a re- review. Oh yeah. No, no, no problems there. <laughs> Definitely should, should be reviewing and rating stuff. Um, thank you for joining us. This has been fun and hopefully we'll be able to do it again very soon. Thank you. I, I was worried we weren't going to have enough content and boy, holy cow, we've gone for almost an hour here. Uh, Oh yeah, no, we, we we figure out how to how to keep the show rolling. <laughs> and and you made it very easy to do so. Thank you. Alright, and for the rest of you out there, remember this week, keep it geek. Greetings, programs and applications. I'm Ben, and I am Keith, and we are the, the Two Gay, Gay Geeks. Geeks. We are the nerds behind TG Geeks Webcast, where we talk about sci-fi, comics, film, horror, genre. You name it, we talk about it. We release an episode every Monday morning at 6 a.m. Eastern. You can find us on iTunes, Blueberry, Spreaker, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Also, look us up on YouTube. And, of course, we can be found at tggeeks.com, where you can find not only our webcast, but articles about other geeky goodness. So come along for the wildest ride in the potosphere. Did you just say potosphere? <laughs>